You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again, and welcome to our post-sermon podcast discussion. It's Marty Payton and... Tommy D. Yes, sir. And we are glad to be with you once again as we continue talking about this idea of legacy. And this past Sunday, uh, we talked about financial legacy. And just to uh, clear the air, uh, the lottery actually had gone up over the $2 billion mark, I believe, is slightly over that. And neither one of the guys on the podcast today won. I'm a little bummed, honestly, when I, I heard your dreams of what you would do with the uh, yeah. the money. I thought, you know, the least I could do is get my pilot's license and I could be that <laughs> helicopter pilot. And um, well, I'd even pay for them for that's you. That's right. And it didn't work out that and way. No, neither one of us. You know, you got to buy a ticket to win. And I didn't buy a ticket. So, you know, I, uh, I somebody out in California, one person in California won that. Yeah. You and I were talking. I, I wonder. Yeah. You always wonder if there's really somebody out there. Yep. So, Hey, I will give, um, uh, this shout out to you. Uh, my in-laws listen and they watch online. Well, my father-in-law retired as a, a financial planner. Mm. He was a financial planner for, uh, over 40 years and he retired a few years ago and, they messaged me immediately after your message and said, spot on. And so there well, you, you go. tell them I appreciate that. I will. Very much. I mean, that's coming from the lips of somebody who did that for four yeah, decades. Who knows it? Who knows it? And the funny thing is, not funny, but the the odd thing for me, preaching on something like this, it just doesn't have that um, feel of a regular sermon for me. And you know, you've, you've preached on, on giving and money and this wasn't really a giving talk, which sometimes it's easy to preach on giving because, you know, it is directly affecting the church, but this is just, just handling money mm-hmm. biblically, yeah, which we, most people don't do. We talked about it Sunday night in our charity university class. I love the little caveat you gave, whether, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, if you yeah. follow the principles that we talked about, or you talked about in this message, you're going to benefit from yeah. it. Yeah. So, I am, God's way of handling money is it's applicable to everyone, no matter who you are. And so, you know, we are, we all are going to leave some level of financial legacy behind. A legacy is simply what a person remembers about us. And, you know, uh, there's plenty of emotion around money. So people are going to remember something. That's right. And I was telling you that I was watching the message again, leading up to today. And one of the things in just the intro bumper video is a tagline that I thought is so applicable when it comes to our finances. It says, don't sacrifice your legacy, in this case, financial legacy for instant gratification. Listen, I hate to beat the drum of car sales, yeah. but you and I both were in that. Oh, And you see people go out of their minds when it comes to buying vehicles. Oh. I, I've done it. Yeah. You know, you, you ju- they just sit there and they smell that new leather. They smell the new of that car, all the electronics, and you tap into that as a car salesman and they literally lose their mind and can almost justify an unreasonable car payment. Listen, there's a reason our managers never wanted us to let somebody leave the lot, right? right. But you get them when, when they're intoxicated by that new car smell <laughs> right. and they don't Under know what the they're influence. doing. That's exactly right. <laughs> you let them leave and reality starts setting back in and they, 
they start thinking about that that ugly word that you talked about, budget, and they're mm. like, maybe this isn't the best decision. Yeah. But if you get them and strike while the iron's hot, <laughs> then they're the ones that come back and are like, I think I've made a mistake. Right, right. Um, and the, uh, you know, it's the, it's that the the new wears off as soon as that payment book. We used to you got a payment book, that's you know. Right. When it got in the mail and you went, Oh, I signed up for that high of a car payment. That's right. And I gotta do this every month for the next sixty months or longer. It used to be sixty months. Now it's seventy two, <laughs> eighty four. Eighty four, yeah. yeah. They'll they'll string it out there as long as a house payment, just about <laughs> a mortgage. And uh well the, the price of but anyway, that that's how quickly we can make a bad decision and get locked into something. So we got to really set up some healthy guardrails, some healthy boundaries, and that's exactly what a budget does, right? Yep. You gave a very simplistic definition, which is perfect, that a budget is simply a plan, uh, a plan for your spending in order to spend within your means. Yeah. Man, that line of living within your means, and I agree with you, it's probably more difficult right now than it's been in years just because of the cost of everything going up, but it's awfully hard. It's part of my story. You know, when we first got married, there was always more month left at the end of the money. <laughs> right, always. Right. Um, but one thing I discovered over the years is when we first got married and I made nothing, and then as God blessed in business and we started, you know, grabbing the American dream by the the tail, if we weren't disciplined with living within our means, our lifestyle just kept pace with our income. Absolutely. It's it's unbelievable how it works that yep. way. And, and and people will say, you know, if I made this amount of money or if I had if I won the lottery, nothing would change about my lifestyle. Yes, it would. That's right. It, it would. Yep. Um the things would change. But the way you handle that twenty thousand dollars a year income way back in the day would be the same way we would handle a $200,000 a year income if either, either one of us right. had anything near that. But but it's it, the I just principles, want to try it for a you while. Just, yeah. I, just give me a chance. Yeah, just right. give me a shot at it. And uh, but I think the the basic of it, the basis of it is is how we view our money. Mm-hmm. Whose is it? Amen. And you know, that that's one of the things I established early on that we are stewards. And as a steward, it, we are responsible for handling the property and managing the property of someone else. And that someone else is God. It's God. Yeah. It, you know, it's, um, I don't know how old you were when you really kind of wrapped your mind around biblical stewardship and, mm-hmm. Um, it was probably in my late twenties where it just kind of had that aha moment where ten percent of my money is not God's, right? right. Because we were already tithing. No, a hundred percent of it is His. Yeah. And man, that was kind of a game changer. It is every single penny that you have, you recognize it's His, mm. and you're willing to use it for Him. Yeah. And, and I think if you if you ever got to a place where you had like if you had to expose your finances oh, to someone, checkbook biography, you know, just just let me look at your money. Let me just see how you spend your money. There would be a moment where I would look at it and I would have to tell somebody. Now let me just tell you why we went out to eat every single night last week, and let me tell you why we spent X amount of dollars on this, and and we would almost have to feel like we had to justify it because there was accountability that's taking place. So good. And every year, I mean, every week, every month, 
that's God that's that, right. that we're giving an account to in some in some form or fashion. And I think we have to be careful that we don't make it feel like every frivolous expenditure or every joyful expenditure is wrong. No, I, and you were clear about that. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with enjoying your money. But I think it it came through loud and clear that it is having control of your money and and using it again in a way that is ultimately going to point people to Christ as opposed to just at the end of the day trying to build your own kingdom. Yeah, I mean, because really, is debt a sin? No. No, it's not a sin. Nowhere in Scripture does it explicitly say to us that debt debt is a sin. Is debt unwise? Yes. Absolutely. Well, and you use the verse that the borrower is slave to the lender. Yeah. That's a true statement. I was in lending for, <laughs> you know, almost 20 years. It, if you're the one that that loaned the money, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're the one with the power. Yeah. And you made it very clear, and I loved it, that we're only supposed to be a slave to one person. Mm-hmm. And that's and that God, God. Not, not man. And I was talking to somebody this past week after your message who's in the lending industry now. He was talking about reading credit bureaus. And I said, you know, for almost two decades, I probably looked at anywhere from 15 to 20 credit bureaus a day. And the yeah. fascinating thing about that... A credit bureau will give you that checkbook biography. A credit bureau will tell a story. Yeah. And you see real quickly where people's priorities are. Oh, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Man, yeah. And, and you know, people, you know, we take great pride in that, that FICO score. Yeah. You know, and, and what that just basically means is, you know, I've, I've had some debt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I love I've, debt score. And I've done good with it or I've done all right with, with maintaining that debt. But, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing would be to eliminate all of that and all of that debt that we have. And, and the way that we do that is by living within our means, living on less than you make. Mm-hmm. You know, and the old adage holds true. You know, there's, there's only really three things you do with money. Number one, the first thing you do is you give. Number two is you save. And the number three thing is you spend. But too often, we get too heavy on the spending. Yeah, that's our first priority. Yeah, we flip those around and we spend so much. And then we might try to save a little bit. And if there's anything left over, we'll we'll be generous with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the problem that I see today with so many people and and you know I do a little bit of financial coaching with people and help them uh, get their finances in order and and try to help them learn to live on a budget one of the biggest things that I see with people is that they spend in order to keep up with other people mm-hmm. and you don't know what it's like yeah. on in their household you know they have a lot of things they That's got right. nice cars they got a nice house they got all this stuff that they flash all over the in, internet for you to see and then you're trying to keep up with them, and it's a burden. You, you and I have both taught so many financial peace courses over the years. I yeah. think you've done even more than me, and I think I've taught seven uh, financial peace universities now. I love one of the things Dave Ramsey says. He says, stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, The Joneses died from exhaustion <laughs> 10 years ago. You know, right. the one of the times that you know, that became a reality to me where my eyes were open. I remember speaking of those credit bureaus. I remember one time somebody applying for a loan, asking me for money. 
trying to borrow money on a car. This person made over a million dollars a year. Wow. My first thought was, why are you are borrowing you gonna... money if you make that kind of money? I looked at their credit bureau. Their debt to income was so high, I could not loan them money. Wow. You make that kind of money, and yet they were still chasing some kind of image to wow. portray to the world. No margin. No margin. No margin for error and and for uh, any kind of unexpected expenses. So, you know, living within your means, it is a hard discipline, but my goodness, it is so freeing when you can get to a place where you go, there's extra money at the end of the month. Yeah. And that's the place to get. And it's hard right now. Yep. It's hard for people. Uh, the inflation, you know, and I mentioned this on Sunday, and, and, and I hope that people understood that I understand the weight of that with young families. I've got three kids of my own who are raising their families. Mm -hmm. I know what inflation has done to them. And we talk about it. But when you are already living paycheck to paycheck with no margin, yeah, an extra $50 a month in gas, That's a an extra $50 a month in your electric bill, and an extra $150 to $200 a month in groceries, it's a lot of money Yeah, that people can't absorb. Thankfully, our our way of viewing money and handling money has changed drastically over the years. So I don't, at this point, I don't mind, you know, kind of beating myself up and making fun of myself for the mistakes we made. But when you were talking about, you know, if there is no margin and you just do 5% and you gave a hypothetical of a household income yeah, of $5,000, yeah. well, it doesn't seem like a lot, $250 a month. You don't think about it, but at the end of the year, you're looking at over $3,000 additional in debt. Mm-hmm. Man, you were telling that story and I thought, hey, I wanted to raise my hand. That was me. I mean, when we were in our 20s, I, I remember I got my first credit card. Here's a quick story. I, no, tell I, it. I went into marketing and they said, you have to have a credit card. And I said, I don't want a credit card. They said, well, <laughs> you have to. So I, I got, I never had any credit. They gave me a credit limit of $500 and I thought, wow, that's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and I realized that's not a lot of money. But I was such a good customer that uh, six months later, they increased that to $1,500. And I thought- Felt like you got a raise, didn't you? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> how would you possibly spend $1,500? A couple of years goes by, it was like a $50,000 limit. And I thought, this is insane. Well, what happened, I, you know, there's this weird freedom. I'd buy a shirt here, a pair of shoes here, and didn't and a pair think of shoes about here it. and a pair of shoes there. Here, hey, a pair there. Don't, <laughs> don't give all my secrets. I like shoes. I remember one day, though, I got a statement in the mail and I looked down. That one credit card balance was $15,000. So then Lee and I went through financial peace. This is a, a, about getting your mind around money in a biblical way. We cut off that credit card. We did nothing but change our spending habits and start doing it in a biblical way. But I can tell you it was painful mm. writing that check $1,000 a month to, to Visa to get that thing paid off <laughs> when you weren't buying anything with yeah. it anymore. And so we haven't had a credit card since, and that's been 15 years. But but I was that guy. I looked down and thought, $15,000 balance? And I, I don't even yeah. have, know what I have to show for it. <laughs> Listen. We went through that whole thing with credit cards and being irresponsible with them. We would try to figure out if we had any money to spend by how much room we had on our credit card. Yeah. I mean, they were just maxed out, yeah. you know, and they weren't high, you know, they weren't maxed out high, but they were higher than what we should have, mm -hmm. you know, what we could do. And 
there's no way that anybody should ever carry a balance on a credit card. Okay. We can talk about car loans. They're unwise, but, Mm -hmm. but you know, to some degree they're, it's probably probably not going to be an eighteen percent right. Yeah, right, they're going to be a reasonable card. rate, and you can pay those things off fast. There is no reason for anybody to be in credit card debt. Yeah, it's the worst kind of debt possible. That's right, unless it's to one of these little payday lenders down here that you're having to go and do that. So, but you know, so it's easy to say don't spend more than you make. But there was another part of that that I mentioned. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Okay, don't keep more than you should. Uh, man, now I loved it I, I, when I when I wrote that down. I was I, I was trying to craft that that phrase carefully mm-hmm. because that's so objective. It is such an objective statement um, that I didn't want to put that in a way that you know somebody who has a fifty thousand dollar a year income would judge the person who has a $500,000 a year income, mm-hmm. you know? So how does, how does a statement like that, I mean, is that how you would have worded it? Is there I, any, something I different you it. could add to it? Yeah. You said, don't spend more than you make. Don't keep more than you should. Um, and again, my thought immediately went back to, um, it's not 10% of my income that belongs to God. It's a hundred percent. And yeah. so that whole, what should I keep? Well, I don't know. God's the, the master. Yeah. He's the one that's going to, uh, speak to my heart, and you made it very clear uh, the difference between saving and hoarding is a heart issue. Yeah, and so my posture—I want my posture for the rest of my life to say, God, you have access to all of it. So what I should or should not keep, I'm going to leave that up to you. Yeah, and so <clears throat> having that open hand posture where you have access to all of it. If you tell me, like, if you see my heart and you realize that money has gotten a grip on my heart and you tell me, like, you did that rich young ruler, go sell everything, Mm -hmm. my answer needs to be yes. Okay. If it doesn't have a hold of my heart and I'm I'm living that open hand lifestyle and, and you tell me that, you know what, I want you to give X amount to this month then the answer is going to be yes and anything in between. So I loved it. It's a heart posture, but it's it's making 100% of it available. Because I think what happens with us is we we judge those who spend money differently than we do. Yeah. Um, Just like we judge people who send different than us. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Years ago, um, when Tracy and I were, you know, young in ministry and uh, cell phones came out mm-hmm. for the first time, time, you know, and, and, and I got one and I remember the first, it was a flip phone, you know, or I, yeah, it had a little flip on it, but it was, um, I had 30 minutes a month that I could talk on it. <laughs> so I had the little timer that would go off yeah. in my ear that would let you know, you got t- 10 seconds left. And then I would make sure I hung up so I didn't go over a minute. But I remember somebody judged us for getting that. And it might not have been the wisest expenditure, but we felt like, it was because mm-hmm. Tracy was a stay-at-home mom and we only had one vehicle and I was in ministry, but I was also substitute teaching and she wanted to be able to get a hold of me. So we got this cell phone, but somebody told us, it, it, we still joke about it to this day. Right. All right. Somebody told us, oh, you have money for what you want to have money for. And they were talking about that, that cell phone. Mm. And to some degree, that's true, right? We, we can usually justify any expenditure. But the problem is, is when we're on the other side, 
judging somebody that doesn't spend their money the way that we think they ought to spend money. And mm-hmm. we've all been guilty of that. Sure. And so when we look at the, when I look at that statement and I thought about that, don't keep more than you should, what you should keep and what I should keep may be two different amounts. Sure. It's going to be two different levels of lifestyle, but it does come down to, are you generous with what you have? And am I generous with what I have? Not just percentage wise, but also spontaneously. Am I a spontaneously generous person when a need comes up and and I can meet that need for somebody? And have you, have you been a good steward to to build the margin in your finances so that you can? Yeah. So you can do that. That's right. Because, you know, uh, there were plenty of times in my life where we didn't have it. That's right. You know, and so, but I think also we, we have to make sure that we, we plan for the future. So there is a certain amount of keeping you know, investing and, and planning for the future. And, you know, some would say you would live by faith all your life. Well, if God gave you some stuff to to put away, Proverbs is full of uh, little. Yeah. Read, read Proverbs every month. And in a few years, you'll have a master's degree in finance. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. But, but it is something good about, uh, you know, Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Mm-hmm. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Somebody's going to get the money from somebody who is an unwise, uh, you know, manager of money. But but so yeah, you, we got to we got to plan for the future, and part of that is getting out of debt. Part of that is maybe even investing in some type of a retirement plan. Again, I I don't mean to you know use Dave Ramsey's name every thirty seconds, but he is kind of. Uh, the man he knows some stuff. Comes, he knows a few things. Yeah. One of the things he says, and it's so simple. Again, stop caring about what culture says or what society says you should have. Pay attention to what God says. And he says all the time, it's very hard uh, to become financially independent if you're paying a car payment every month. Yeah. So if you have a car payment right now, okay. Well, just be as aggressive as you can. Get out of that debt. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I talk about all the time. Really, the only healthy debt would be your mortgage because that's a forced savings plan, really, when you think about it. Any other debt is probably a depreciating asset. Mm -hmm. So if it is depreciating, do what you can to get out of it as soon as you can, and then be grateful for what you have. Right? Maybe you don't have that brand new car anymore. Maybe it it lost that new car smell years ago, but it still is reliable and gets you from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. And start doing those other things, putting that car payment in savings, putting that car payment in an investment, putting that car payment to generosity and blessing somebody else, right. but free that up to be used for the kingdom of God. Because you hear people, they they say, man, if I just won the lottery, I would be so generous. I'd give this money away. And I, and I look at them and I go... Are you being generous now? That's right. Are you giving anything away? Are you living generously in any way? Well, no, I don't have the money. You yeah, won't that, be generous that, then, then you either. wouldn't be then. But man, you know what? There's there's people I know and I, I see their lifestyle of generosity and it's kind of in the back of my mind thinking, I'd love to see that kind of person win the lottery. Oh, yeah. Because the, they, they changed the world. Yeah. And they'd probably so, give you some of it. <laughs> please. <laughs> Well, listen, the bottom line, a biblical view of money will make you a better manager, a wiser spender, and a generous giver. Anything to add? Not really. (laughs) I I feel like this is a topic you and I could sit here for three hours. Oh, yeah. We've already gone on for for longer than we normally do on this. We're right at 25 minutes. Hey, what's next week? 
Hey, we're, we're this week. Uh, we're actually going to be continuing this legacy series, and we're going to talk about a spiritual legacy. Mm. Um, it, it, it may feel like some of what we talked about the first, but that was more family legacy. But this is a spiritual legacy, and we're going to be in in Second Timothy uh, about that. So I'm excited about it, and um, I'll just give you this teaser: we teach what we know, but we replicate who we are. Mm. Let's go. That's kind of a teaser. Yeah, so, that'll preach. Anyway, that's going to be Sunday. So hopefully we'll see you here at Charity. Thanks for listening and God bless every one of you. 